0: Welcome back to The Rollout. I'm Jeff Pratt, and joining me as always is Trent Henrich. How's it going, Trent? It's going
1: well. I'm excited for an action-packed episode.
0: Absolutely, man. All right, we've gone through the entire NFC. Now it's time to move on to the AFC. And why not kick things off with one of the more controversial divisions in the league, the AFC East. It's only right we start with the perennial Super Bowl contenders, the New England Patriots. However, this past roster doesn't look exactly the same heading into the season as it has the past 22 years, with a certain Hall of Fame quarterback no longer on the team. Trent, how do you feel about the moves New England made this offseason?
1: Well, they lost a lot of guys, um, but they, they made some good ads, especially in the draft, uh, with their second-round pick, which happened to be their first pick in the draft this year. It was pick five. It went with Kyle Duggar. Uh, he was the first D2 guy off the board. I felt it was only right that, that Belichick um, was the guy to draft him. He's 6'1", 217 pounds, yet it's really fast, uh, showed off elite athleticism in D2. Uh, the problem was that Duggar is in division, or was in Division two. so I'm not sure how he's going to stack up against this NFL competition. He didn't go through playing Power 5 teams uh, in the NCAA, so it should be interesting to see how uh, he does in the NFL. Another guy that they drafted was Devin Asiasi, a tight end out of UCLA. I'm a big fan of this pick. I think he's like a boomer bust type of player. In college, he started at Michigan, got injured, transferred, went through a a big – gained a lot of weight. So he had a really interesting and tough career. He he pulled it out last year in 2019, putting together a stellar season uh, under Chip Kelly. I think Chip Kelly started to really mold him into – uh, an NFL prospect, and I think he'll do pretty well for the Pats uh, this year and for years to come.
0: Yeah, I mean, I agree with everything you said. I love what the Patriots did in the draft this year, especially trading out of the first and landing their guy and Kyle Duggar, who I'm pretty sure they would have taken with their first round pick if they stuck there. Um, but yeah, this wasn't a very eventful offseason for the Patriots, mostly because they didn't have a ton of cap space. They were working in a lot of dead cap due to Tom Brady leaving. And I like that they did the little things they needed to do to fix up the holes in their roster. Besides the draft, I like the Bo Allen signing, the former Bucks defensive tackle. He's a Danny Shelton replacement. He's a big body. He's going to get in there and fill that uh, gap that Shelton left. And then I also like them bringing in Demir Bird. He's a Philip Dorsett replacement who, in my opinion, has a lot more potential he played on the Panthers for the last couple of years and the Cardinals, especially in 2019. And he was having a, actually a pretty good season before he suffered a an injury that kept him out of uh, the last half of the year. But yeah, the Patriots weren't working with a lot this offseason. Next offseason is the really big thing for them. Obviously, they have to address their need at quarterback. I'm a big Jarrett Stidham fan. I know that Trent is not a big Jarrett Stidham fan, and we'll get into that. But looking at the other losses on this team, Obviously, Steven Goskowski, well, uh, he's the Patriots' all time leading points uh, scorer, I believe. And then they also lost their linebacking core of Jamie Collins and Kyle Van Noy to the Dolphins and Lions, respectively. So, yeah, they, they definitely still have some gaps to fill on this roster, but obviously the biggest one is at quarterback. So, why don't we just get into that, Trent? How do you feel about the prospect of Jarrett Stidham as this team's future at quarterback?
1: Well, I'll tell you this. I don't think he's our future at quarterback. Um, I'm just going to be quite honest with you. I'm not a big Stedden fan. Um, he can't, I mean, he, we don't have a lot to base off of NFL-wise. Uh, last year, he threw four passes for 14 yards and in an interception, which was also against the Jets, which I think is uh, pretty embarrassing. And his QBR is .1. Uh, so not a very impressive NFL stat line. Um, but I cut the guy some slack. He's only, he's only really played in two games. Um, I'm just not a big Stidham fan. Um, I don't think for the Pats. I think we should have signed Newton in the offseason. I preached that to Jeff day in and day out. Didn't happen. I was pretty disappointed by it. We didn't really draft a quarterback either. I was a little disappointed by that. So I guess they the Pats see something in Stidham that I don't see and that Jeff does see. But like only time will tell with Stidham, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I'll give with you
0: on that. I think, to his credit, Stidham had the best preseason of any Patriots rookie quarterbacks in the Bill Belichick era. And I think that tells you something. They're higher on this guy than they are with Garoppolo. At least that's what the reports are saying that are coming out. Could this be a smokescreen? screen? Maybe. You know, it's entirely possible that Bill Belichick is just folding this year and not tanking for Trevor Lawrence, as some people are theorizing. That is not happening. Bill Belichick will never tank. But it's very possible that they're not actually as high on Stidham as the reports are saying, and that they're just giving it a year, seeing what happens. Maybe they'll give Cam Newton a shot in the middle of the year, and then they'll make a move for a guy like Deshaun Watson in free agency next year. That's a possibility. I don't think that's the case. I really do think Belichick likes Stidham. I liked what I saw in preseason out of him last year. He's much more mobile than Brady. He's got a decent arm, nothing flashy. But then again, Brady didn't have the biggest arm either. I think he definitely has what it takes to be the signal caller on this team. He's putting in the work in the off season. We've heard that. He's uh, been throwing with a couple of the guys out there. just doing everything he needs to do to uh, get ready for the year. And he's pretty humble. I'll say that he's definitely not just uh, expecting the role to be given to him because obviously Brian Hoyer, we brought him back and uh, that was with the implication that he's going to have a chance to fight for the starting role on this team. So nothing's going to be given to Stidham. I do think he will win that job, but I just like what I've seen out of the young QB.
1: I'll say this. If Brian Hoyer ends up starting for this team, we're not in a good place. Hey, I mean, Matt Castle ended up
0: starting for this team a couple of years back, and we did all right.
1: I guess. I mean, it's, it's, I'm, not it's, high, I, I'm not high on, on Hoyer, that's for sure. Yeah,
0: I mean, I don't think anyone's high on Brian Hoyer, but my point is that it's Bill Belichick. In, in the NFL coaching, it does play a much bigger role than in other sports, but anyway— we're we're definitely not going to be on the same page with Statham until we actually see him in action in games this year. So why don't we move on to the fantasy aspect of this Patriots team? And I have to tell you, it's not looking that pretty this year. Their uh, Their most prestigious fantasy asset is Julian Edelman, who had an amazing year last year, the best year of his career, finished as wide receiver seven in PPR leagues. Edelman's value definitely takes a hit, knowing that Brady will not be the one throwing him balls. Uh, he's definitely been falling in a lot of mock drafts that we've been seeing. But I don't think that uh the drop-off is going to be that big because whoever's starting at quarterback, whether it's Brian Hoyer, whether it's Derek Stidham, Julian Edelman, in my eyes, is still going to be that safety valve guy. So I'm comfortable taking him as my wide receiver too or a flex option this year. Trent, how do you feel about Edelman?
1: I mean, I, th- I think you said everything right. I like Edelman a lot as a player. He's got some of the best hands in the NFL, probably the most trusted receiver on this team in this division, possibly in the AFC. I mean, the guy, uh, he's got glue on his hands. He's caught everything from Brady. I know it's a little bit different getting passes from Brady than it is from Stenham or Hoyer, but I do agree. I think Edelman's going to have a good year. Definitely not wide receiver seven numbers. Those are going to come down, but I still see him as a solid wide receiver two flex option um, and like you said, he's been dropping. I've seen him go as, as low as in, in the 60s and maybe even 70s. So um, I would draft him definitely to be, to be my flex. I uh, like Edelman. I like Harry as well for, for wide receivers. I think uh, this year is going to be a big stepping stone here for him. Uh, he didn't play much last year because of injury. He didn't get many opportunities last year. I think he's going to come in. Uh, Stidham. It's going to be Stidham's really first time playing. Kind of same thing for Harry. They're both going to start, you know, hopefully meshing well with each other. Not very high on Sony this year. I've never been that high on Sony in general, though. Um, I'm more of a I'm more of a James White fan. I like those uh, running backs that catch a lot out of the backfield, especially in PPR formats. So I think James White is going to have a better year than Sony this year, fantasy-wise. Fair enough. I mean,
0: I am really high on Nikhil Harry, first off, as you are. He's uh, one of the biggest criticisms that came with Harry coming out of college and in his first year in the only seven games that he played due to injury is that he's got the talent, but he really struggles to create space off of the line between him and his defender. And he's been putting in the work with footwork coaches out on the West Coast, uh, just really helping to build his explosiveness so he's definitely primed for a bounce back year in year two and where we disagree in the running back core is i am actually high on Sonny michelle this year given he did finish his rb 31 last year in ppr leagues but that was behind a beat up offensive line given that the patriots offensive line is healthy this year they're top 50 line in the league for me and knowing that jared stidham's probably going to be under center and we're not expecting Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson esque year two numbers out of Stidham. So we're really expecting the pitchers to run the ball a lot. And as long as Michelle can stay healthy, he's going to receive a buck of those carries. I think he could easily push for top 20 uh, running back production this year. He's a guy that I love investing late round picks in and James White, He's always a PPR monster. He finished his RB18 last year, a bit of a down year for him. And people are kind of writing him off this year. I'm not ready to do that because just as Julian Edelman is going to be a safety valve for Stidham or Hoyer, White is also going to be a safety valve-esque player for them out of the backfield. So I like both Michelle and White in PPR leagues this year. Um, But yeah, I mean, Trent, how do you think this Patriots team moving on from the fantasy aspect is just going to do as an overall team this year?
1: It's kind of sad to say, but I think they miss out in the playoffs. Um, it's been a long time since that happened. I don't think I've even seen it in my lifetime, to be honest with you. Um, but I don't think Stidham is the answer. don't think Hoyer is the answer. I actually think losing um, Jamie Collins and Van Noy uh, from the defense is really going to hurt. Losing those linebackers is – is uh, it's, a, it's going to create a bigger hole in the defense than you think. So with that being said, and having him at quarterback, I think they're going to be a 7-8 a to eight win team this season. They're going to miss out in the playoffs, uh, and they're not going to win this division. Yeah, I mean, I'm a bit more optimistic than you. Is it hometown bias? <laughs>
0: Maybe. But I think that as long as Bill Belichick is your head coach, I think you're always in the mix to win your division. I think the Patriots could very well win the AFC East this year. It won't be pretty, that's for sure. But I think they're going to be a uh, 10-win team this year. Whoever they throw in at quarterback is going to be a game manager at most. So you're going to need big years from guys like Michelle White. And then the defense, these younger guys are absolutely going to have to step up now that Van Noyer and Collins are gone. But I like their chances of doing so. And yeah, I think the Patriots, you can never write them off as they've proven year in and year out. So why don't we move on to the second team in this division, which is the Miami Dolphins. And Miami, they have a bit of buzz around them this year. And can't say we've seen that uh, within the past, what, decade or so with this Dolphins team. But they brought in Tua Tagovailoa, obviously, with the fifth overall pick. There was a bit of question whether they were actually going to do it, but then they got so much backlash over Nick Saban saying that they passed up on Drew Brees with their first-round pick when he was with the Dolphins, and look what happened with that, that you really knew they were never going to pass up on Tua this year. But looking besides Tua uh, at the rest of their key additions, Austin Jackson, USC offensive tackle, He was a first-rounder. I really like him. They brought him in, obviously, to protect their future franchise quarterback in Tua. And then looking at the other guys, Byron Jones was a huge signing. Five years, 82.5 mil. He's the highest-paid cornerback in the NFL. I love their cornerback duo with Jones and Xavier Howard now. It was a little bit weird that they picked up Noah Igbenogany in the first round, the Auburn cornerback. But, hey, you can never have too many corners on your team because you need a guy to throw in the slot. And maybe he could also play at safety. Trent, how do you feel about their uh, addition to this offseason?
1: You know, this is going to sound um, pretty crazy. I like their upside that, as in the Dolphins. I like the Dolphins' upside more than the Patriots this season. I think that what they did in the offseason can actually um, make them a playoff team if everything um, went accordingly. I like them signing Tua, giving them a real chance to have a franchise quarterback. Because Magic's old, um, Rosen's not the guy, so they've gone to Tua, and I think Tua can be the guy. It's not going to be immediate. It's going to take some time. It may not be this season, and it may take a couple of seasons for him to acclimate into the NFL. But I think he's played at such high comp, uh, at such high competition and a high skill level that he's going to um, really succeed. All the Dolphins want to do is win. And they brought in a winning quarterback from arguably the winningest program in college football. So I think they went with the right guy there. Austin Jackson's going to protect him or if it's magic, whoever it's going to be this season. And for me, Byron Jones is is, is a big signing. He's going to, I think he's going to do great. I don't know if he's going to be worth his 82.5 mil, but he's going to get the job done shutting down wide receivers. But Van Noy, is my favorite signing for this team. I get to watch Vannoy play a couple games last year for the Pats. Very fortunate to do that. But the impact he makes at linebacker is unbelievable. I don't think it's, it's like most linebackers you see in the NFL. I think he's really undervalued. And I think he's going to be the X factor on that defense this season. Um, how do you, Jeff, how do you feel about um their running back situation and what they did in the offseason with that? Yeah, I really like what
0: they did at their running back position. I think they made a couple of sneaky acquisitions. Jordan Howard, obviously the former Bears and Eagles running back bounced around a couple of teams in the past 4 years, but he's still young. He's 25 years old. He was the workhorse for the Bears initially for the first 2 years of his career and then uh he they started doubting him. He really wasn't the guy anymore, but he had a pretty good year for Philly last year. I think he has the opportunity that if he's given 18 to 20 touches per game, he could put up similar to what Jay Ajayi did for them a couple of years ago. And then they also traded for Matt Rita, who's a really nice change of pace guy from the 49ers. So, yeah, I think that what they did at the running back position and everywhere around the ball is really good for the Dolphins this year.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm a big fan of Jordan Howard. I thought he was really good on the Bears. Uh, he had a good rookie campaign. He got moved to the Eagles um, after uh, two years on, on the Bears, I believe. Uh, he didn't do. He didn't really fit in the Eagles system. And now he's on the Dolphins, and I think this is where he can really be showcased. Uh, I, I don't think Breda's going to impact Howard's touches too much. I, I I like Jordan Howard just as much as you do. I think he's in a uh, be great running back for this team. So having said all that and all I've done this offseason, how do you think they're going to do this season, Jeff? They're still going to be bad. Yeah,
0: I'll cut to the chase right away. Because even if Tua does come into play, there's going to be an adjustment period. I think this team is a six or seven win team at most. Uh, yeah, I, I, I like their head coach. I like the talent around the ball. But it does take a couple of years to build that culture and put it together. It's very rare that you see rookie quarterbacks come in and have a lot of success early, even with a roster that's this talented on paper. And if Fitzmagic is the guy that ends up starting for them, they're not going to win
1: more than six or seven games. Trent, how do you think they're going to do? I think this this is the most, I don't know, confusing position I've been putting in the team so far on this podcast. I think it's either the Dolphins don't mesh with all these pieces they have. They just don't, the puzzle does not fit and they just crumble. They spend all this money and they went three games or somehow they pulled off this unbelievable miracle and they put it all together and they make the playoffs. I know that sounds absurd, especially coming from a Pats fan, but with everything they did and I didn't hate the players they had last year and the decisions they started to make, they started to be ballsy with some of the stuff uh, they were doing in the season with those trick plays, and and they beat the Pats at the end of the season, and they they just they kind of put Tom Brady's career for the Pats just down the drain, and that's a conversation another time because I knew he already thought he was leaving, but I think losing the first round of the Titans kind of changed that. But I think this Dolphins team has the highest potential and the highest ceiling, other than the Cardinals, the highest out of any team in the NFL. I don't know why. I love what they did. And and I really don't like the Dolphins, (laughs) like the organization, just because of of being a, a rival of the Pats. But what they added this year and what they already had with guys like Devontae Parker on the offensive side, and they don't have a bad defense. Like their cornerbacks aren't bad they have they have stuff to work with they play together i would not be shocked if they somehow get the last uh playoff spots
0: i would be i i would be shocked and it's just because they're so young and they don't have the chemistry yet and it all depends on obviously with the current global crisis going on how early guys are going to be able to get in start working out with each other learning playbooks stuff like that uh, I think that could definitely play a role in their success, but on paper, this is one of the more talented teams in the NFL. I will agree with you on that, um, but I'm not ready to say that they're going to make the playoffs. <laughs> that's for sure. So,
1: oh, yeah. Before before we move on to the fantasy assets and and what this team has, I just want to throw this out there because, like I said, I'm high on this team. Dolphins are plus seven hundred to win the division. I think this is their best chance to win the AFC East. Since I've been born, that I when we were putting this together, I threw down some money at plus 700. I there's this for some reason, I have this weird feeling that the dolphins are going to surprise everyone and you're going to be flying inside. I'm going to be shocked when they do, but if I think they can do this, Jeff. I don't know why. Fair enough, fair <laughs> enough. That is a hot take
0: from DJ Trent with all of your uh,
1: gambling <laughs>
0: and betting needs. Go see him, but yeah. I'm, I'm not going to talk further about this team because I think that it's just blasphemous what you're saying about them making the playoffs. But moving on to their fantasy assets, there really aren't that many of them. Obviously, you mentioned Devontae Parker. He had finally a breakout campaign last year. It's been, what, five or six years that we've been waiting on it. But it finally happened in the second half of the season. Finished as wide receiver 11 in PPR leagues. He got into a bit of a fight with Michael Thomas over Twitter. Who, By the way, Michael Thomas is the most childish like player in the nfl that i've ever seen this dude has some serious ego issues it's ridiculous but that's that's a conversation for another time anyway devontae parker i like his upside i think there's a very good chance that he could just go back into being a scrub next season there's a chance it could be a one-hit wonder of a year hopefully that's not the case if two is the guy throwing the ball i like his upside a lot better And then you look at their running backs, Jordan Howard and Matt Reed have finished as RB 44 and 46, respectively, in 2019. I think both of those guys have a shot to make significant jumps, especially Jordan Howard. He could easily find his way around the top 20 uh, for fantasy running backs. And then looking at who they have at quarterback, if two is the guy, he might be worth a uh, late-round pick and stash, especially for dynasty leagues. He's definitely a player in that regard. But yeah, Trent, how do you feel about this team from a fantasy perspective?
1: I'm a big fan of Devontae Parker. I think that last season wasn't a fluke. I actually, I, I, when they when they played the Pats and, and when they played a couple of the divisional games, I watched and He's actually a really good wide receiver, and I never really paid attention um, to him before, but I think he's going to have a good season again. I mean, he may drop off a little bit from wide receiver 11, but I don't see him going back into his old ways um, I think Jordan Howard has a big season for this team. I think his pre-draft ranking is really low for um, how well he could do this year. I don't think he's going to have much competition, to be honest with you. I think he's going to get a lot of touches, a lot of dishdown passes, too, to him. So I can see him doing well in PPR. And then don't sleep on um, guys like Albert Wilson. Uh, he did well last year. He's done well for a couple of years. He's not like he's not going to be a consistent wide receiver, but there are a lot of games where he puts up 15 to 20 points, and he and he goes for 100 yards plus. So um, keep an eye on guys like that for the waiver wire as well.
0: Fair enough. Yeah, there are definitely a lot of sleepers on this Dolphins team.
1: So why
0: don't we move past that in your ridiculous claim about them making the playoffs and move on to the third team in this division, which is the New York Jets. Trent, how do you feel about the moves the Jets made this offseason?
1: I mean... Even after their moves, I'm still, I'll still give this to you. The Jets are still bad. <laughs> uh, not not a big fan of, of the Jets. I do like uh, what they did with their first round pick, going with Beckton. Uh, he's 6'7, 360 it's pound huge. offensive tackle. He is a massive he's human a being. He is going to give uh, Sam Darnold or Joe, Joe Flacco all the time in the world. No one should be getting through this man. Uh, He did great at Louisville, and I see him uh, finding some success on the Jets as well. Um, I also like how they brought in Prashad Perryman. I think he's going to do a lot better for the Jets than people might think. Um, Looking at his prior seasons with the Bucs, as well as uh, he played for the Ravens uh, when he was a rookie, and for a couple years, actually. But he was never the the vocal point um, for the offense or... At least in the wide receiving core, and I think he could see um, a lot, a lot more targets, a lot more attention from his quarterback this year. And even with the um, crowded wide receiving core on the Buccaneers last year, he still put up 600 yards and six touchdowns, which was which were career highs for him. So I could see him actually making a pretty big impact on this team. How do you feel about what they did? John? Yeah,
0: I mean to start with Brashad Perryman. Uh, He had a monster couple of games when both Mike Evans and Chris Godwin were out for the Buccaneers, and he was the only guy that Jameis Winston was chucking passes to. He probably saw like over those three games around 50 targets, I'm not going to lie. But he made the most of them. He had a great couple of games. He really showed off his speed that people were expecting for him coming out of the draft a couple of years ago. Never really flashed his potential, but I'm happy for him. Whether he can actually do that consistently with Sam Darnold throwing the ball is a different question. But I like his uh I like his upside definitely this year, especially as a late round pick in fantasy. But then looking at uh the rest of their draft picks, I don't mind the Denzel Mims pick, the Baylor wide receiver with the second round. He's definitely more of a project. I love Beckton, as you said, he's a freak. Uh, he's going to be a monster for them. I also thought a sneaky acquisition they made was signing pra- uh, Patrick Anwouasor, the former Ravens linebacker. They let go of Brandon Copeland. He went to the Patriots this year. Anwouasor is an upgrade at of that position. He's a vet. He's going to come in and help show that defense what's up. And then recently they signed Joe Flacco. I don't hate the signing. I don't think Flacco's ever going to be a threat to take the starting job away from Sam Darnold, but he's a vet guy. He knows how to win a Super Bowl, and he's really going to be a guy who comes in and provides some guidance for Sam Darnold. And Sam Darnold has certainly lacked guidance in his young career.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think Flacco of, of old or Flacco of five years ago would compete for oh, the sure, starting job. definitely. I, I don't think this Flacco is coming in to compete for the job. I think the Jets firmly believe that Sam Darnold is the future of this team. And they bring in Flacco to try to help him teach Darnold um, the ways and to try to get, get him to success this year in the NFL. Um, I think he'll help Darnold mature. I'm not sure how much you'll see Darnold progress this season. Um, I don't think they've built around him enough for him to really shine. But I mean, we'll see. We'll see what, what difference Flyhook can make yes, um, on Darnold. Certainly. Plans.
0: And besides Darnell, I think
1: probably the most dominating
0: headline from a football perspective for the Jets this year is Le'Veon Bell. I think this is the biggest year of his career. He's, tw- he's going to be 28 heading into the season. Finished last year from a fantasy perspective as RB16. Really didn't have a good year. Had a career low for yards per carries. Um, obviously, he was rushing behind an abysmal offensive line but still didn't look like the Le'Veon Bell that we had get uh, gotten used to seeing uh this is going to be a really big year for him because obviously we know that Adam Gase was not the biggest fan of signing him in the first place they brought in Frank Gore you have to think there's a chance that if Bell isn't producing Gore could take significant touches away from him this year so I think this is a career defining season for Le'Veon Bell
1: yeah I mean for me I- and you talked about Gore. I think it's kind of a similar situation as what they did with Flacco. I mean, they're bringing an older vet to help. I mean, Bell's not young by, by any means. He's 28. He's getting later into his career. But I think Gore is the, like, I don't even know. He's the third all-time rush or second? He's up yeah. there. I, I'm not sure how high on the list he is. Um, but every season he's played, I feel like he's, he's, he's done something. He used to be the most consistent running back. Fantasy wise, putting up like 10 points, 12 points every single game. Um, I think it'll help Bell maybe get back on track to the running back of old. Just give him some tips and, and help him through this year. Uh, he's not, Bell's not really used to being in a losing system, I don't think. I think he, he um, when he was on the Steelers, life was a bit easier for him. And now when he, when he got hit with uh, a weaker offensive line that he had to run behind, he struggled. So, Hopefully, Gore can help mentor Bell a bit, get him back into who he used to be, and put up um, I mean a top-ten top, a top 10 running back season. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think he's got the chance.
0: Obviously, looking at Le'Veon Bell, it's not like the talent has disappeared. Back in 2017, his last year with the Steelers, he rushed for 1,291 yards, nine touchdowns. He also caught 85 passes. So, in a fantasy regard, whether he is going to be as dominant rushing the football he's still going to be a ppr guy that you can plug in as your running back to maybe even a flex but from a pure football standpoint this is a huge year for him and he's got to show out but we've talked a bit about the jets from a fantasy aspect so why don't we move on i don't think there's a lot there to talk about besides darnold and bell and even darnold He finished uh 2019 as qb 27 trent do you think that he's a guy uh who might even be worth starting at any point during the year no, I'm be honest
1: with you. No, I, I, I don't like Darnold. I don't think he's that starting quarterback. I, I don't think he's been put in the best situation with the Jets either, um, but I don't think he has any fantasy value as of right now. There could be a point in time where your starting quarterback, you know, goes down with injury or just has an off, or has a bye week and Darnold's playing a very weak defense. Maybe you plug him in then, but other than that, I don't see any reason of drafting him or adding him unless you need that backup quarterback on your team. Uh, For fantasy-wise, for Bell, I I, I like him this year. I think he's going to do better than RB16. I'm not sure if it's going to be that much better, um, but I I would expect some better numbers out of Bell. Yeah, I mean, people, if you're actually considering playing Sam Darnold on
0: a consistent basis from a fantasy aspect, you better be in my 32-team Uh, keeper league because there are better options out there the man really doesn't have anyone consistent to throw to they lost Robbie Anderson who is one of the more inconsistent wide receivers in the league but still would be miles beyond any other player on this team in terms of talent at their receiving position so yeah we're on the same page there Sam Darnold is not a guy I would ever consider starting. Probably even plugging in to play against a weak defense, just because. Look at the weapons that they uh, that the front office in New York has surrounded him with. But why don't we move on to the fourth and final team of this division? This team they've pretty much declared themselves the heir apparent to the Patriots throne for the AFC East, and that is of course the Buffalo Bills. Trent, how do you feel the Bills did this year? And on the off season, sorry.
1: What? You could, I I think they added Diggs, which was probably the most important signing for them, because they need someone a vet. I'd call him a vet at this point for Josh Allen to throw to. Diggs was not fitting in the the Viking system, was no longer happy being there, so he had to get out, and he came to a place where I think he's getting an upgrade at quarterback with Josh Allen, and he's going to be the primary target for Josh Allen, which. You know, I think it's something he's wanted once Thielen really started to work into that Viking system. It was more of let's look at Thielen first and then Diggs is the second option behind him. Now, Diggs is going to be the vocal point of this wide receiving core and arguably the offense. Um, So I think Diggs is a great signing um, or addition for the Bills. And then I'm a little confused with why. The Bills decided to go with Zach Moss. Zach Moss the great out in Utah for the Utes, had had a great season last year in 2019. The problem for me is I thought that the Bills were really high on Devin Singletary, and there wasn't a need for them to use um, such a high pick in the third round on Zach Moss. I'm not sure if the Bills have changed how they feel about Singletary, if they're going to go into a committee type of situation. I'm unsure on that. Um, So I wasn't huge on that Moss pick, but how did you feel about their offense? Yeah, I mean,
0: starting with Diggs, obviously when you have the opportunity to go out and get a receiver who's young and in his prime and as as explosive as Diggs is, you have to do it. They didn't have to give up that much to do it Uh, at the end of the day. I think uh, this offense was really lacking a true, game changer especially at the wide receiver position and Diggs will provide that for them and then uh addressing their running back situation i think them drafting zach moss in the third round was a mix of a couple things the first thing is that he wasn't supposed to be there moss was a pretty uh highly ranked running back going to this year's draft and a lot of people thought he was going to be taken in the late second or early third and when he was there for buffalo uh i think they kind of figured why not see what he has um, pretty much the same position that the Patriots were in like, uh, last year, but Damian Harris, they took him in the second or third round. It's really just at that point, all about taking the most talented player sometimes over a position that you think you might need. But I also think this is showing for how they feel about Devin Singletary. I think they don't think that he can be a workhorse in their system, which is somewhat fair enough. He struggled with hamstring injuries last season. Uh, I know you and I are both really high on Singletary and I was disappointed with this draft choice because I was expecting a huge season for Singletary this year. And I think that they're actually planning on slotting in Moss into Frank Gore's old position for better or worse. He might get a uh, few less touches than Frank Gore saw last year, but I think in this bill's offense, you're likely to see Moss getting first down work and then Singletary being more of a seconder, Third down, change of pace guy, which is pretty disappointing for uh, Singletary's fantasy outlook for this year. Yeah, so how do you feel they're going to do this season? That being said, I honestly love this roster. I love everything they did this off season, especially bringing in Diggs. AJ Epenesa was a great pickup. The Iowa defensive end, he was a second round pick. I think this team, they definitely are primed to win this division. They're the clear favorites for a good reason. I think that they might be jaking themselves by pretty much declaring that it's their division to lose at this point. But if I had to pick a team that would win this division from a non-biased perspective, it would be the Bills. I think they're going to be an 11-win team this year. Their defense is amazing, and their offense added some much-needed game changers. So yeah, I think they're going to be a pretty solid team, definitely make the playoffs this year. How about you, Trent?
1: I think this is the team that comes out of um, the AFC East. I think you're right on that. I don't know how strong they're actually going to do. I think they probably win 10 games, but no more than that. I'm prob- where, where I'm stuck on this is I think this division uh, has kind of turned into, uh, I guess, you know, how Dallas and the Redskins, and the, they all seem to like win eight or nine games. And they all fight it out to see who who who, may, who wins the division. I think the same thing is going to happen uh, in the AFC East now. I don't think there is a strong, a, a really dominant team out of this division. I think they're all going to fight and possibly you know sp- split the two games that they all play against each other. But I think the Bills do win this division. I don't think they go very far in the playoffs. I'm a Big fan of Josh Allen. I I am a fan of. of of what they did in the offseason and what they already had uh after last season. Uh so how do you think they're going to do fantasy-wise this year? I mean,
0: fantasy-wise, they have a couple of really solid options. I'm very high on Josh Allen this year. Finished as QB6 in fantasy leagues in 2019. I think he's primed to make a big leap forward, especially now that he has Diggs, a true number one option and a guy that he can target uh when he needs just someone to get the ball to. And then looking at Diggs, he finished as wide receiver 24 last year, despite putting up uh, arguably the best numbers in his career from a total yards uh, perspective. I think Diggs has a legitimate shot to be a top 10 fantasy wide receiver this year. It all depends on Josh Allen and if he can get him the ball uh, consistently. Obviously with Josh Allen, the biggest thing is completion percentage. He's been really bad. He hasn't really hit even uh, the high 60s at this point, and as a quarterback, that's really not promising. But besides uh, throwing the ball, Allen can obviously run, and that's what, why I like him uh, very much this year from a fantasy perspective. Devin Singletary touched upon this a little bit, Finishes RB32 last year. I'm just not that excited about his, uh, his perspective, especially as a fantasy player. This year with Zach Moss in the equation, but one guy who I think is sliding under the radar a little bit is John Brown finished 2019 as wide receiver 20 actually finished as a higher receiver fantasy wise than Stephon Diggs, but every no one's talking about him now that Diggs is uh, here and I actually like John Brown in this offense, especially facing against. Uh, number two corners or slot corners he's got electric speed just like Diggs. i wouldn't write john brown off the equation just yet
1: trent what do you think i think you're spot on with that i think john brown's actually flying a lot under the radar i think he's way lower than he should be Why wide receiver 20 isn't a fluke thing that just happens and john brown has always been kind of a fast electric type player you know when he's on the cardinals when he was here um, he's always been a speedy receiver. I think he's gonna. I don't know if he's gonna do better than wide receiver twenty, but facing the second cornerback, I think he's gonna find his life a lot easier. And with Josh Allen have another uh, year under his belt, I think he's gonna continue to excel. He already has built that connection with with Josh Allen, so don't be surprised if John Brown puts similar wide receiver twenty numbers up this season. Yeah, fair enough. All right, so we have touched upon all four
0: of the teams in the ASC East, so you know what time it is. It is rapid-fire time. If you're new here, this is how rapid-fire works. I'm going to ask Trent a series of questions, which he must respond to as quickly as possible. I will then give my own predictions and move on to the next question. All right, Trent, are you ready for the, for the first question?
1: Let's do it. Who was the best off-season pickup in this division? I think the player that's going to make the biggest impact is Diggs. But my favorite offseason pickup is has, has to be Van Noy for the Dolphins. I'm going to go with Diggs there. Who? Uh, what was the best
0: draft pick made out of these four teams?
1: I think I'm going to say Becton. I think Beckton probably makes the biggest impact for any of these four teams. I'm going to go with Tua just because of his potential. I mean,
0: he this man has the potential to be a lefty do-breeze. All right, moving on. Who's gonna have a better fantasy season in twenty twenty, Julian Edelman or Stefan Diggs?
1: I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Diggs. I'm gonna go. It's close. It is close, and
0: I'm gonna go with Diggs too. But it is definitely a nail biter there. Which player from this division is most likely to win the MVP
1: award in the next three seasons? It's gotta be Josh Allen. I think it's gonna be quarterback, and he's probably got the most potential out of any of these quarterbacks yeah
0: i mean in the next three seasons i think the only guy that could uh really challenge for that spot is tua if he comes out and plays incredibly as some people are, are expecting him to do but josh allen's definitely primed to be in the best position to win that award okay who will be the starting quarterback for the dolphins by the end of
1: the year i'm gonna say tua and i think he's gonna start earlier than people think I, yeah i think he's got a shot to start week
0: one if he's healthy okay will sony michelle be a top 20 fantasy running back this year no not in ppr formats no yes he will be in both ppr and standard formats i'm a big sony guy who will be the starting quarterback of the new england patriots at the beginning of the 2021 2022 nfl season
1: I'm going to go with either Cam Newton or Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence.
0: That's ridiculous, man. Come on. You can't be expecting us to tank like that. I'm going to go with Jared Stidham. I'm a Stidham, uh believer. I think he's going to stick around for the long haul. And finally, will any of these AFC East teams win a Super Bowl in the next three years?
1: Uh, no, unless the Patriots draft Trevor Lawrence or sign Cam Newton. I, I think that uh, I think the Patriots
0: will get one in the next three years. I think they're going to do it. I'm not exact. I'm not exactly ask, sure how, but I think they're going to do it. I'm never counting Belichick out.
1: Can I ask who you expect to be at quarterback within the next the three? The Patriots. Years? You yes. know my answer for that. So you're telling me Stidham is going to win a Super Bowl in the next three? It's years. Stidham season, baby. And that's a
0: wrap. On episode five of the rollout. I'm not gonna give you a chance or to a chance to answer that. We hope you enjoyed and stay tuned for the next episode on Wednesday where we will be analyzing the AFC North. Stay safe out there, everyone.